0: This week in the GHG show, we're talking about success as a fake idea, why you shouldn't care about sales, and why a game you've never heard of is the most influential of all time. Welcome to the Glasshouse Game Show, recorded in London at Glasshouse Brick Lane. I'm Samantha, and today I'm joined by Astrid. Hello. Alex P. Hello. I'm Matt. Yeah, yeah, you are. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> I am joined by those
2: three
0: folks. Mm-hmm. Um, that is
2: factually accurate.
0: <laughs> you can't, you can't lie. And um, if you've managed this far in the video, the whole wh- one minute,
2: <laughs> the whole minute,
0: you've seen us introduced. Why not subscribe? Why not, why not hit that little b- like button? I'm and, waiting
3: to see what happens in the rest of the episode before I and, uh, subscribe. And
0: if you're listening to us on your on your podcast app of choice, why not leave a nice little review? You know when you're done, you don't you don't have to rush into it, you know. Um how's everyone's week been? What a week! <laughs>
3: it is Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> the past seven days. Uh, it's it's a... Both of our birthdays on the. Uh, yeah, we had our birthdays over the weekend. Yeah, yeah.
0: Happy birthday birthdays.
4: birthdays!
3: We're actually. actually related. We're twins. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can't you tell? Yeah. Mate, um, our hair, our hair color, and appearance don't match, but uh, you have hair. Imagine learning <laughs> that just now. <laughs> I've been,
2: really, I've been getting really big into smoothies recently. Mm-hmm.
0: Sounds, oh, tell, tell us about innocent. it.
1: That sounds innocent.
2: <laughs>
0: for for our listeners, Astrid no, is drinking innocent. an innocent smoothie on uh, screen. Uh, <laughs> other
2: smoothies are available. Yeah, naked, just not as um, well distributed. Um, no, not at all. Um, yeah, I just, uh, I just like, I was looking at a smoothie in the shops, and I was like, that's that looks delicious. And then I drank it, and I was like, oh mate, I can just have these whenever I want. Penny so now day. I'm just, I just, I have, I've had so many smoothies.
3: It's one of the most amazing things about modern culture is the ability to have smoothies on access. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, the Coca-Cola Corporation for <laughs> <laughs> everything that you've done for the uh, for smoothies.
0: Um, well, you. speaking of success, um, today we're discussing the ways in which we measure failure and success of video games or rather the fact that the ways we do equate success and failure are as they generally are pretty unhelpful um what do i mean by that i hear you cry dear viewer and listener let's let's... what do you mean by that (laughs) please sit down remain calm don't worry i'm gonna explain it i swear um well i've got a recent example which may which may send you into a tizzy um because it's just a whole mess of contradictions my favourite dead horse. Cyberpunk 2077. Oh! <laughs> we, need a, we need an on-screen prompt every time I would get to give this game a kicking. Yeah, you've got time, right? Every GHD <laughs> show, I'm just pitching new ways to give this game uh, a kicking. Um, so, it's sort of interesting, because Cyberpunk 2077 was critically loaded before release. The uh, I think a good metric to go by is it still has 86% per- on PC. Um, on Metacritic. Metacritic. And as of December last year, it sold 13 million copies, with the biggest digital game launch of all time selling 10.2 million units. Yet, post-launch critical response dove sharply as more people experienced the game, especially on PS4 and Xbox One hardware where the game was barely functional, um, which Sony famously proved from sale, which is pretty unprecedented. Um and the consensus on the game now is that it's a broken mess at worst and a dull bland RPG at best. Um you can go and watch our reflections if you want to hear in-depth thoughts awesome, on what we thought of it. Um we didn't like it. Um spoilers. Um but it still sold well. Um so in a way, the way and and I bring this up because usually the way that we like, we talk about a game being successful or not is pretty much did it sell well. But this is a game that despite selling stupendously well. The general consensus among people is probably that it's a bad game, and it was not a success. No one, I don't think anyone is really talking about, unless they're specifically talking about the sales. I think the general opinion is, "Wow, this this was this was nearly the end of CD Projekt. What a what a blunder!" And yet, thirty million copies. Do you, Do we know what um, the? I mean, it's not a necessarily fair
1: comparison because the launcher The Witcher Three has been out for ages but do we know what like lifetime sales be about is? more than two right two million copies <laughs> <total>. <laughs> i mean i think up. i believe
0: you're yeah. right yeah. um At i least mean seven i think uh, <laughs> i. <At least. laughs> Let we, me see all if I can find it, right? a. Re- so we've le- all got a copy. That's a one,
1: two, three, four.
0: Let me let me go let me go <laughs> see if I can tell you uh, get exact numbers. I I might I imagine it has probably. I mean you're right, Matt. That because it's been out longer, it's probably hard to gauge. But it is worth. It's probably worth though. Um, talking about it in terms of sales, though, like is the lifetime sales still in the region of what Cyberpunk managed to get to on launch, kind of thing. Hmm. The Witcher Three has had a an ongoing, an enduring, even
2: fame, I guess, in a way, like pre Cyberpunk. Yeah,
0: it's a widely well-regarded uh, game. People love it. They're they're doing a remastering it, of it.
2: Um, so as of um as a CD Projekt Red's fiscal year twenty twenty earnings reports, uh, The Witcher Three Wild Hunt had sold thirty million copies. 30? So it actually one. exceeded yeah. thirty million copies at that point. Wow. That's what um, eight, And that was that was, was 28 million by the end of 2019 as
0: well, mm. uh, which is
2: quite <laughs> it's fucking quite a lot. lot. It's a lot.
0: Um and I think I think the I think the success of that game is it, I think it's interesting though cuz The Witcher 3 did not sell this well on release. Um so there's a cumulative yeah, effect. the like it became
1: the game I don't want to say it was like riding the coattails of Skyrim, but it's like people went and played Skyrim and were like, and they're like, oh, you should play The Witcher 3 then, (laughs) you know? Uh, And then it almost like this word of mouth of it being the true uh open world rpg i think i think they
0: had a lot going for them because i think the one of the things that cd purger had always prior to the witcher was the the jump in quality between each of those games like Mm -hmm. the witcher 1 and and then the witcher 2 was the one where people like oh this is actually really good now you can play this one (laughs) and then uh and then you know going into the witcher 3 they were more ambitious and like um and it had a lot of um I just think that combo of, like, story, open world and stuff, and this was, the, I think they had the 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 sweet spot of, like, open world games were becoming more popular, but there was a bunch of NAF ones, and they got to come out with a really strong story-driven one, a sort of, here's how you do it thing, you know, before a few years, Breath of the Wild would come out and set a different template, so I think they had that sweet spot, but um, but Witcher is, like, I think just across every metric, I think people would consider that a success, um, but Cyberpunk despite selling mo- better and I, I I, don't know if long term it will reach 30 million I'm, I'd be curious to know what the life well, of when this that game will multiplayer comes
2: out am I right <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they, 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 they canned it they to- they've totally canned it now <laughs> 100, like 100 are they going to have to pay the money back to the I Polish don't, government I don't know <laughs> you, you, maybe but like they have like the, uh, mm-hmm. the I'm just imagining And deep yeah.
0: in the basement of CD Projekt Red there's one accountant that does all their things and it's just he's just like mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <I quit. laughs> like just, just, just looked at like they've got a little like board with all these string on it and they're just like really quick
2: i feel like i i want to set the records i want to have my we don't believe there's one account <laughs> i want to have my shay on life is strange 2 moment and i want mm. to clarify my my redux opinion on cyberpunk 2077 because the other week i was like oh you know cuz i gave it an okay in that reflection. it can not have been that bad <laughs> <laughs> so i tried playing it again like a like a, a week or two ago uh, and i sit down and i'm doing that i'm doing that first mission and uh then uh, an unkillable e- uh, plot essential npc gets killed and i get stuck in a wall and i'm like oh this is actually the worst video game ever made no
1: come on um, you don't mean
2: that
0: <laughs> no according to our rankings mosaic is worse uh, as is college in modern warfare mm. so facts are facts people it's the I mean, third worst game just made <laughs>
1: there were you know there were things in cyberpunk that were fine and even good even uh but it's the game itself like
0: is what we've said it. Is.
1: <laughs> what we said it. Is. Um,
0: well, to give to sort of um, to give to give a bit more historical context discussion, let's travel back in time to the, to the the halcyon days of the early twenty tens. Um, for a few The Born Identity years. was the biggest movie. Of the- <laughs> <laughs>
2: God, I'm remember still the in Born Identity? School.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, wow. Damon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, culture was. <laughs> Sure something by then. Um You bought a zoo. Um speaking of things that have aged poorly, um <laughs> Bioshock Infinite. Um was a critical darling at the time. The Metacritic still is above ninety on all platforms. Above ninety on as Metacritic. Well.
1: There's only like a handful of games or anything on that side. Yeah, it's it's not 90. just
0: reviewed well. It is a. I mean, I use One the word the darling best. with 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 all sincerity. One of the best reviewed games of all time. And um and it sold well with six million units in sales a year it's after huge. release. Um, but the question is, is it that influential? Because the game is now largely derided for its awful optics and political gaze. And I... It's good that no one that we know wrote a glowing glowing review. That
3: would be a shame, wouldn't it? (laughs) It would, wouldn't it? I would hate for that to be the case. Gosh. Are we going to spend
1: the next uh, six minutes of Matt just live reading? Their, uh... No, we might have a
3: little <laughs> bit of uh, alternative content uh, coming out about yeah, that. Stay that. Bioshock Infinite, Matt Jones. Y- if you want some, <laughs> if you want some fun, you can re- you can like search the words "Matt Jones Bioshock Infinite review," uh, and you can read the words of a quite stressed out twenty three year old, like just working to a like two day deadline. Who did you review for? No uh, they can find out. <laughs> Uh, The viewers at home. It's a different Matt Jones. It's a different Matt
2: Jones. Yeah, it's fine. Mm.
3: In a yeah, in a in a very metaphysical way, (laughs) I'm very much a different Matt Jones than I was back then. (laughs)
0: Um, And the and yeah, um, but I I feel like it's not it's not been I don't feel like it's been influential really at all. I feel like. I can't remember. I don't know. I've not seen anyone cite this as a. Oh yeah, Bioshock. We wanted to recreate that. They didn't do. <clears> and <throat> I think a clear thing of this that's interesting to me is it sold well, but there has been no follow up to this. I know that 2K is working on a Bioshock new game, mm-hmm. but I mean this game came out in 2013. There's been nothing since then. It might be Isn't that a, interesting. It
3: might be a weird point of um, like drawing. Uh, like inspiration from, uh, if only because the games running up to it were so influential. Like y- your System Shock's, but then Bioshock itself as a way of like designing a ma- a frame for that kind of interaction. Well, I think I think
0: the interesting thing is, I feel like the original Bioshock probably is influential in a way. Mm-hmm. I feel that like there's definitely yeah, games absolutely. like um, Prey by um, mm-hmm. Arcane and stuff. I think there's things that like even if only loosely, and obviously they're also by by. Um, virtue of it, are mm-hmm. also being influenced by system shock and stuff. Yeah, but I feel like, like infinite specific like that without Bioshock, yeah, but the like in- infinite specific like bag of tricks and style and tone and everything, I feel like I've ju- it's just in a, its own vacuum. Mm. Um, Do you think that's
3: also because of its weird tumultuous development, like that it, like it sucked to develop and they couldn't get any of the systems right? Well, I mean, even. there's there's
0: loads of stuff. Obviously, if you're aware of any of the market, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this before on other GHS shows about um sort of. Of the games that could have been you can mm-hmm. go and check that out um if that was, there's a lot of stuff that they should put in trailers that didn't end up in the games i don't know if that sucked the air mm-hmm. of like it didn't actually achieve sort of the landmark stuff mm-hmm. if i was i'm not quite scratching
1: the bottom of the barrel here but if i was trying to pull any sort of influence that bioshock infinite might may have had was that did come if memory serves me correct did come at sort of the end or could be marked at sort of the end of the grey-brown era of mm-hmm. video Boy, games. Or it reintroduced all this colour and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and- because I do remember there being a kind of... Maybe it wasn't Bioshock Infinite, maybe it was just the zeitgeist moving in its own way. I, I think it, I, If anything, it was still a popular game that was very yeah. colourful. At the very least, meant, it, so.
0: helped, it helped cement that new wave of... all oh, this us reintroduce colour into our... Triple I one thing that I did want to bring up though, because I think one of the things that Infinite tried to market, to say, well, was a relationship between Booker DeWitt and uh, Elizabeth, and I think that was overshadowed by The Last of Us, which released a few weeks later. Um, and for my money, and I think generally probably disagree, did the whole AI companion thing much better, and mm-hmm. not just in terms of like mechanically, like how you interact with them. I mean, more just like they created a like, really compelling relationship, so sort of that I think has stood up the test time and like that's what people got emotionally invested in and talked about. Whereas I feel like there's not a lot to Booker DeWitt and Elizabeth. And so like the one perhaps defining feature of that game literally was outdone like literally two months later.
1: Yeah, but how many more uh how many more Elizabeth cosplays were there versus <laughs> Ellie's
0: and Yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, I think there's probably yeah. a shitload of Ellie ones, but um I think I think the thing with that though is that I think, like the last of us, I can easily point to. and the last of us is, is in a continuum, right? There's other games that its in, but then for all of going back to other stuff that we'll talk about later. But, I can easily point at like stuff and I know you don't like it, but like Plague Tale is blatantly like I feel like an influence of the last of us. Well but I can I can draw a line. I can draw a line between stuff in like System Shop and Bioshop mm. broadly, but infinite specific like roller coaster, like retro. I also rhythm, I feel like,
2: like um I feel like the 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 whole sort of uh complex and nuanced AI companion relationship thing is something that's happened a lot more now. Like you see it in yeah. like uh, God of War uh yeah it was yeah. quite quite signific- significant Well, oh, i there. think i think
0: god of war is a perfect example of something that blatantly was like we need to pivot to last, last of us, us yeah. material well, yeah, yeah. 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 So, absolutely
2: <laughs> but i like to imagine a just <laughs> just imagine a world uh where imagine instead of us world. getting more um complex nuanced ai companion relationships we just had games just started Having more like you could shoot crows out your hands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're describing a, a rad
0: Man? future that'd be into. Yeah, I am. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, think
1: I think you might be right though, as far as like Bioshock Infinite may have actually been influential if its thunder hadn't been stolen from. Yeah,
0: I wonder if that's just the downer. Like if it had, had been this us. thing, that would have been the thing. That would have been the thing that people pointed to as the the confluence of these things. Or but like, did they
3: learn the opposite lessons, right? Because I feel like that complexity of grey political mentality has kind of fallen out of favour like I think that people still have complex politics but I think the like both sides are equally as bad type of narrative well, that, storytelling yeah, has kind of
2: fallen out of favour I think anti-influence. still there though like, a, <laughs> a, a, like yeah yeah,
0: like a, <laughs> I, I do I don't know though, though <laughs> like I feel like I feel like for instance the new Far Cry game which mm-hmm. isn't even out yet I guarantee is going to have a, a a like a political line that is not, not that dissimilar um,
3: It's if, like Bioshock's input was very both sides, whereas I think Far Cry's thing is one side, and then you are just the ancillary of it right like you're being presented no, no, but no, i'm what
0: i'm meaning is like there's there's plenty of games that i feel like i feel like that sort of centrist like oh all violent all mm-hmm. violence is bad etc both sides you yeah. know and um, i feel like that i feel like that exists in plenty of games since. i, I,
3: I want to be a little bit more clear about what i'm saying like that in Far Cry, you would be the other side of that as the player, whereas BioShock it, it was you are the neutral port part. Oh of no, it no, no I'm I'm just saying.
0: But I'm, what I'm saying is there's definitely games that are like that.
2: Nothing, nothing springs to mind where the the sort of impetus is make tough political choices. Um, certainly, like games are so centrist as fuck. They just yeah, it's just true. Being expressed <laughs> in slightly different. Yeah. But, meaning i'm sure i'm sure
0: ways. i could i'm sure if i if i i'm sure mm-hmm. i could dig up examples yeah. of games where you're still you are an impartial you know member mm-hmm. and it's chastising both sides i'm sure that exists still um i don't i don't doubt it like because i partly partly as well because i feel like the blowback to bioshock and minutes politics and particularly all that stuff around the way it treats revolutionaries didn't really come into the i feel like there was definitely discussion at the time but i feel like it didn't cement as the legacy of that game until like years and years later that's true yeah um which is interesting i feel like mm. um but at the
3: same time that i got a political education it's weird, well, but like i became more politically engaged after my bioshock infinite review came out um, weird and now i don't like it as much huh
0: Huh. DM to pick on the other end of the scale, though, of something that was sort of derided at the time, but maybe has um, aged well. Actually, um, is DMC by Ninja Theory? I bring this up on because that was derided by fans. It review it reviewed well enough. Actually, it's got like average is like over eighty on Metacritic. I like um, it, but it did sell poorly um far below capcom's expectations which they al- also really reduced their expectations prior to just prior to release and it still didn't meet those um but
3: something i hear about um like some specific japanese companies not um capcom that i'd heard this about like a different one i won't name because i don't want to give away the source of this but like they they have a difficulty with reducing what their expectations of sales are in the west where like they'll be given some, like, dog shit thing that will absolutely not do well here, and they <laughs> won't be able to say, like, oh, I don't. we don't expect it to do well with absolutely no marketing budget whatsoever. They're not allowed to say that. They're only allowed to say, like, yes. <laughs> 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 yes, we will.
0: <laughs> um, well, I'll bring them up because mm-hmm. um, DMC, I think if you've played Devil May Cry 5, I think there's a clear line of influence oh, where yeah. Devil May Cry 5 tried to, I mean, while bringing back Classic Dante and reinforce I feel like tried to incorporate some of DMC's tone into how they recharacterize Nero and other elements. I feel like they they did sort of incorporate that to a degree. And also, Ninja Theory did well enough from this to go and make other games which are which are loaded and popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I'm
2: also, I, I feel so sad about. Uh, dmc because like I, I i i i guess i understand why why that certain subset of gamers got really upset because they wanted their specific thing and they got given a different thing that was not the specific thing <laughs> um but but as a consequence we missed we missed out on getting well excited about devil may cry by way of sonic of shadow the hedgehog directed mm-hmm. by hideo kojima like that's what that that's what that game felt like to me. Sure, yeah, um, that is
0: such a specific <laughs> confluence of, <laughs> but like, of. I'm not tone. wrong. I'm not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I feel that's weirdly spot on. Um, <laughs> One of the things we were talking about where,
3: when we were putting this show together, um, we had talked about how like it's really difficult to determine why something wasn't successful. Um, and so we just attach presumptions based on like what people were talking about
0: at the time. Well, the, pre- the presumption, obviously, with this is mm-hmm. the fans didn't want it, so yeah, that's it's all purely. But I
3: don't, I, I don't think it's as easy to determine whether or not that's true. Like if like something can be not successful for reasons that aren't the reason that were purported. It can just have not had the right marketing in the right places, right? Like, or not the. Well other
0: dis- games did it come out around? Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah like, exactly. exactly. Yeah.
3: And so our uh, presumption, and uh, this happens with movies all the time, and we talk about this with like how a game that has a like female protagonist uh, and it doesn't do well, you might draw the conclusion that gamers don't want to buy anything with yeah, a female protagonist. Say, yeah. But we're like, that's not necessarily true, even <laughs> at all slightly. It's very difficult to determine. It could why even things don't be do something yeah. as
2: simple as what is the hot genre right now and mm. what isn't. Yeah. Like it could be it could be as simple as like a trend that was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. Like what was big on Twitch or whatever. Everyone's maybe. too
0: big into MOBAs. Yeah, want yeah. to play DMC. We're all playing XCOM right now,
3: right? <laughs> yeah. So if people were like, if the lasting impression of DMC not doing very well is because they didn't like the character design change, I'm like, that's an argument that you have to prove. I don't think it's as easy for you to say as like how
1: provable even is it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm.
3: Yeah, that's completely what I mean. It's like it's not just hey, they didn't like it. It's I've got data. (laughs) I've got uh, like things I can draw from. I've got conclusions that I can make based on other things than just like uh, this is what the fans said. Fans don't know fucking anything about anything. Anything.
2: (laughs) It's the um, it's the it's the adage that uh, was brought up quite a lot um around the I don't know if, if uh any of you. Uh, you three have seen it, uh, but this uh, People Make Games video uh, about the guns in one of the Wolfenstein multiplayer mm-hmm. games. Good vid. Uh, yeah, very good vid. Um, a lot of the players in the beta were like mate, the Thompson is way overpowered, you need to nerf this gun. Uh, and they found statistically more people were winning with the Thompsons than they were with the the German counterpart. Um uh, and it turns out it was nothing to do with the the damage or the stats of the weapons. It's because the Thompson sounded cooler, um, <laughs> and it created the sight. So, like sometimes you can be upset with a game, of uh, uh, you think a game is bad for some reason, but you're almost never correct about the answer. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're almost never correct about why you, yeah. you have a problem. Um, and I feel like like talking about sales, there's kind of a similar thing going on there right
0: Another sort of the other end of the spectrum that I wanted to dive into was sort of successful failures, um, games that maybe commercially or critically didn't do well, but I actually have stood the test time and had this long-reaching influence. And I think that one that is shocking, absurdly, and I would say just one, maybe one of the most influential games of all time, but you've never heard of it, is Killswitch. Anyone heard of Kill Switch? Um, is that a PlayStation 3 game? PlayStation yeah. Two, Two, PlayStation Two, original Xbox. Um, it sounds like, like a PlayStation. 3 it's a yeah, shooter. Yeah. It was middling. It had middling reviews and sales. Death fight. But, um, <laughs> but the reason that murder I'm bringing button. up murder <laughs> button. Yes, <laughs> that's the best one. That's mm. the best one. But, uh, but the reason I bring it up is because this game that was not very well thought of didn't do very well. No one's played finalized the cover shooter mechanic that would be later popularized by Gears of War. Um, Killswitch lead designer, in fact, Chris Sasaki was employed by Epic Games and was involved in development of Gears of War. But this game created the cover mechanic, cover shooter mechanic, blind fire, all that stuff. Never heard of it. That we now use <laughs> in pretty much every fucking video game ever. Like, I mean... It was
3: uh, pre-Resident Evil 4 and they, like, doing it. This connect.
0: was... So this came just after Resident Evil 4. It mm-hmm. came... Th- you can also point to, like, predecessors, like, um, you know, Time Crisis and stuff. It was, like, doing when slight cover things. was
1: mm-hmm. it? Because uh, Skill Switch was, like, 2003, wasn't it? Something mm-hmm. like that.
0: This came out 2005, I think, and oh, Resident okay. Evil 4 was 2004. Mm-hmm. So... Because this was right before next gen stuff um, dropped.
2: I love a good, a well implemented blind fire mechanic. Like some games don't do it well. Some games don't do it well. The blind fire in Max Payne three.
0: When it's the, a- the only problem is cover shooting is a terrible fit for Max Payne three. This mm. is a, this is going to end up a totally different conversation. But I just I just <laughs> want that knowing. Um, yeah but uh but yeah i i, I do, i've got other examples in here but i genuinely don't know if i've got what a game that is less known and has a greater influence the ratio and kill switch is absurd like maybe you
1: know. there's probably some like game in the you know 70s early 80s or something that really inspired a whole thing that nobody like, yeah probably developers or whatever but yeah
0: but in terms, of,
3: like,
1: in terms of mean like, he's uh, never
2: played like Jeff's some, Quest? Uh, <laughs> some like some like nineties like bootleg like, Spectrum game that a guy in Harlow made or something. Yeah, John just, like, Romero s- played. and was like, yeah. you know what? <laughs>
3: you know that I've, yeah. I can't believe I've never had an opportunity to talk about this on the show before. But you know that like a Wolverine game for the Snares invented Grime.
0: <laughs> wow.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll. Chuck it over to you, Kit, if you want to play some now while over this. I'm sure it'll be fine for purposes of review. Oh my god. It's great. It's very, very good. I'll play it for all of you afterwards.
0: Um go treat yourself after mm-hmm. this episode. Um but yeah, I just I just thought that was an interesting one because it's it's just a nothing game. No one's talked about it. But yeah, it's this thing that we can all point back to as, yeah, this is the origins of what we now know as this cover shooting mechanic. This is where how that works and functions was finalized. Like obviously there's predecessors of that one bit in Resident Evil Four where there's like the ghost of a cover mechanic and then there's stuff in time crisis which again very simplistic but the version that we now adopted and using fucking everything started in this game i find that very interesting there just was a game in
3: arcades that was like a shooty one that you like it was drawing inspiration from time crisis that you had you moved out of the way but it didn't have the pedal like you were like it just tracked your movement, mm. and I can't remember what it's called. But like, you can see that being oh, the one-to-one from where Connect, like, it's, it's called
0: really. Crime Tasis. Yeah, yeah. Um, really. It'd
3: be
1: fun to build like a influence tree of video we were games. Thinking like, about you see, doing that, we a, were thinking you see one of, like musicians, where it's like, oh, these this band influenced these mm-hmm. bands, etc.
3: We have an idea for that as a as a show for uh, Glasshouse. So maybe maybe um, that'll
0: happen. Another that, game that that, it, that does oh,
2: sound though like a fucking nightmare uh <laughs> and i'm am there are apps for it tri- oh, okay good good the <laughs> app is
0: my brain um as another example i want to bring of a game that is relatively i i wouldn't say is unknown i think this one has enough of a cult following you've probably heard of it but relatively to video game big AAA land there's nothing but has had a significant influence it's dwarf fortress
1: the dwarf mm, Fortress, has dwarf Fortress, yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't think that it's. It's not a failure. It's not a failure, and I, I, mean, I that's think that's what you, the
3: whole you, episode
1: is about. Yeah, like, positive no, that, but it's it's not this huge. It's not thing. a game that I think a lot of people have played. Partially, some of that is because of its distribution, mm-hmm. uh, and part of that is because it's like it's, it's pretty arcane user interface and graphic uh, representation and everything. But it's had a very clear. Uh, influence on, on like, modern simulation video games, PC games specifically, I think. i are sorry to define that genre. It has, I think it has come to a... Yeah, like, we're almost... You almost want to say war fortress like games yeah. <laughs> now with mm. uh with different games and it, it even crossing over into into adjacent genres like city builders and stuff yeah. like that
3: like if you've ever played anything where you you put down a task and then people decide whether or not they want to do it mm-hmm. it's because or some kind of, of ai yeah, yeah. driven
1: driven like task list or something mm-hmm. that the that the peons are, are doing. Yeah.
3: But it's or emergent systems that are way larger than the thing that yeah, you just yeah. put out. Yeah. Or that
1: you don't even realize that you're designing because mm-hmm. it just it comes about from the systems that you put in these yep. very simple. Then you have for. Dwarf
3: Fortress to thank for that.
1: Uh and it's interesting because it's not it's almost a thing that you it's almost the similar to Eve in that I feel like I hear a lot more people t- telling stories yep. or, or yeah. liking to hear stories about stuff that happened in someone's playthrough of Dwarf Fortress. Have you ever watched ever uh, it? Krug Smash?
3: It's a YouTube channel that's fantastic. Uh, the lad illustrates uh, narratives that happen during mm. Dwarf Fortress playthroughs.
1: Like actually draws them yeah. out.
3: Yeah, totally. And like tells the story, but then shows you some of it really happening as well. It just yeah, it becomes little stories. It's, they're very, very good.
2: Uh, there's also uh, Nate Crowley's uh, uh, notorious uh, Dwarf Fortress uh, series over at Rock Paper Shotgun uh, that I'm a big fan of, <laughs> uh, where he's been telling this narrative about his... He, uh, it's on a hiatus at the moment, so you have time to catch up. Um, it's just this this long-running column about, uh, about Nate's adventures in, in Dwarf Fortress following this narrative that's been going on for absolutely ages. It's very good.
1: So I mean, technically, this game, Dwarf Fortress, might still have a chance of making that um sort of commercial success because it's if getting we have anything it's, to say about it. It's getting a Steam release someday. Its Steam page, I think, still says time is subjective under the, yeah. <laughs> the release date. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's interesting because like that is that is a game that has very clear you can very clearly point to it as something that has had an enduring uh impact and influence since its inception but the developer never really pushing it mm. like it's not something that they've like that they've capitalized on in a in a interesting way and yeah. it's only recently that they were like yeah i guess i'll sell this game properly now
3: um, <laughs> there is something to that concept of delayed success as well like among us would be the biggest example of that like mm. something that came yeah. out and didn't really make a like splash and then suddenly found its audience eventually And the fact that it's now updating in a larger way that is only possible because of the audience that it managed to get. Like, something... Like, our our presumption that something wasn't well-received and then that's it is done like that's not that's not that's not necessarily true yeah. yeah
0: um although i mean i imagine it is very hard to have it. i mean obviously something like manga is, is very much an outlier in mm. a lot of ways but yeah. I, I i see i guess it's not as much of an outlier as you might think mm. i guess there's probably a bunch of stuff you can that i i'm sure there's games that i've dove into even games that have just maybe coasted and then had like dead by daylight mm. i think is level of popularity that took time um, and Six Siege and stuff it's like these things didn't do well at launch but over time have mm. built up this following i do yeah. wonder even
1: how it goes with games that are you know you might not even know if it's ever going to properly release like dwarf fortress was sure. for a long time they still sold copies and units and stuff mm-hmm. but like the same case for Kentucky Route Zero, like that was never known if that was going to be just going on episodes mm-hmm. forever, <laughs> yeah. or if it's like that was a dead project at some point or what. And um, there were definitely games that like either
3: scoped back through not having success through uh, like episodes of it, or like some episodes came out and then it never finished. Right, that's very definitely something that happened. right? Yeah,
1: because oh, no, yeah. I mean Kentucky Route Zero didn't sell poorly, especially mm-hmm. for the for the it being such an such an indie game. <laughs> uh i remember I mean, when let we me did tell you
2: about let me tell you about, about a little game called half-life 2. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: i think when we did the reflections on it when the final game had come mm-hmm. out it was it had sold over a million copies still mm-hmm. which is massive for for yeah. such a small project but something like i remember i think factorio had sold more copies before it ever was finished mm. than after it had right. after That's it interesting. released Because it had been in development for like 10 years and able to be bought for 10 years.
2: But basically anyone who did want Factorio had already bought it.
3: (laughs) I can't imagine being a developer these days now and then just thinking like, my game isn't doing very well but it's done well enough to sort of sustain itself like now what do i do like do i actually like cut the thread and then work on something else or like do, do I, I keep, keep going and, yeah, and yeah building something with like they've made an environment where like giving up doesn't seem like an option right when i don't know whether or not that's futile or well uh,
0: to talk about another outlier um for a bunch of reasons um but very much a commercial failure release was eco um, and I think I think ECO is significant because uh, I think it's one of it's, the best games of all time. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's a landmark game. I mean, this started, we we mentioned there with like Last of Us and stuff, the whole com- AI companion relationship. ECO very much is, I feel like, the 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 foundation of how we approach and think of that stuff. And in a lot of ways, I don't think it's been bettered by a lot of games since. I think the way ECO handles it is so lovely and well considered. Um, but it it was a very sold very poorly, astonishingly poorly. Um part of that's to do with I mean, if you're aware of like the terrible cover it had in the US and things like this, it it wasn't well promoted. Um it was critically praised, um, but it didn't break a million units sold across regions on release. Which is um, fucking wild, really, isn't it? And all of, and, and this is true of all Team Equals games. Shadow Claws is also a bomb, as was um, Last Guardian. Hmm. And I think what the interesting thing about that to me is just that someone in Sony liked. For me to and some the
3: story, yeah. That it, they were just happy to have it going
0: because. Well, was he a he was friends. Piece, that's how right? he, like Eko got made. Apparently, he mm. was friends with someone in the, the board, and was like, "Oh yeah, you can make a game." And then I'm assuming that relationship was just like kept going across these years yeah. Cause the oh, last because. Look Guardian... that blackmail
3: that you've got on me. Yeah, you're allowed. Like.
2: <laughs> but like... Also, like, also like, like, it makes me think: Are we all just a bunch of? pretentious art wankers is that what it is is that is that why is it just is it just this is just popular with critics because we're all a bit because we're all a bit i don't think th- i think I that
1: plays sorry. into i mean it plays into the entire thing that we're kind of even talking about now as far as like success being directly tied to money is yeah. a terrible indicator because that the, if it's if a game is you're basically then marking the argument that everything should be a profit motive because that's what's good Right, and if it's a profit motive, that that's what's I'm good. I'm not then making
2: that argument. No, no, no. I'm I saying just, I was just. you that argument. I'm
1: trying I was to just refute goofing.
2: your goofin. Oh, yeah, goofing I'm to... I refute
3: that goof.
1: <laughs> I'm, I am, I am, I am supporting your goof in the sense that uh, <laughs>
0: critical the, support for Andrew Stevens. Impor- the important thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: that a we're diagram to, to map this
0: discussion will be available on the <laughs> <laughs> Glasshouse Games website.
1: The make is that yeah, if it's just a profit motive, then games are anything, music, film, uh, games are gonna be shit. Because they're just going to, it becomes a craft of how do we, how do we craft the most common denominator?
0: Yeah, here, obviously. I mean, it's know? a race to the bottom once you start chasing that stuff. But I think this was interesting about mm. Team Miko and their output is that, like, every single one of their games bombed. And I, people know these games, Shadow Shadow Colossus, I think, particularly broke um ground with a lot of, I think it was, it was the most popular of their releases, Shadow the Colossus. It still didn't sell exceptionally, but was definitely the most popular came out twice too. Um <laughs> uh, three times um and but the last guardian I think being particularly interesting because that was in development for nine years and they never canned it they kept despite the last two games in that studio over mm-hmm. being bombs they were like, yep, yeah, we're gonna fund this for 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 nine years I think that's so unique it, and rare. It was
3: a statement piece for Sony. Like them producing those games was a way of differentiation. Like they were saying mm. that we're the one star going to do the high budget art game. Yeah, And I've... then the determination of what a high budget art game changed when The Last of Us 2 or the mm. first one came out. I bet yeah, that those probably.
1: games still, at least Shadow of the Colossus, still featured in marketing for, yeah. for Sony consoles. Because even though it was...
0: It was in the film Rain Over Me with Adam Sandler. <laughs> Not Um, to sound like
2: a pretentious art wanker, uh, which I was only moments ago just criticizing, but I do think of an artist like Vincent Van Gogh. Nobody gave a fuck about his paintings when he was alive, and now we're all like, like wildly horny for them. They're like the best things. Yeah, and now that we've put down the catbird
3: from uh, from (laughs) whatever the fuck the game's called, Um, yeah, like
2: what if we are still around in a hundred years what video games are going to be like oh mate that was actually a a a, a, a great work of its time like Shadow the Hedgehog <laughs> or Duke Nukem Forever it had so many endings like, you know what if, so... what if what if the culture a hundred years from now is like actually being able to pick up your own shit out of a toilet and throw it at people is the most <laughs> profound thing you know
0: what <laughs> I
3: am ready to call Duke Nukem Forever a success only based on the the fact that it
0: came out they that they that is a success it. of a, of a <laughs> certain metric <laughs> yeah. um, like that
2: metric absolutely i agree yeah. to um
0: to pick another example this is this game was not a failure but i think what this is interesting is because it illustrates how device how divisive the lines of success are so demon souls which i don't think anyone would regard as a failure in any metric but interestingly looking into it it was intended for a very modest release. Um, the sales expectations by publisher Atlas at the time—they um, expected to sell under a hundred thousand units. I think seventy-five thousand is sort of what they pitched. Um, but through word of mouth, they did not really market or push this game at all. No one really did. So it was literally just through word of mouth and like people talking in internet forums and shit. Because this this didn't initially have a Western release as well. Like, that came a bit later. Um, and it went on to do much better than that, um, which is, you know, it's morphed obviously into the juggernaut that From Software is now.
3: I remember it being one of those ones at the time when it came out that everybody was like, oh, you've got to play this in a way that it was like, well, what is it?
1: Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I remember not even really hearing mm. about it until some GameSpot or something, mm. like really randomly into a lot of like surprise, gave it Game of the Year mm-hmm. or whatever. And I can imagine some. Some games journalists there just taking the pedestal so far like, uh, no, it has to be this game.
0: I'll show you to Kaz and McDonald because they were the one I remember Mm -hmm. that broke it sort of in the UK of like, hey, this game from Japan, you should be looking at it right now. I
3: remember the, I think you can go back and watch this. Uh, There's the Yahtzee review of the time, which is like, I don't get it. All of these systems suck. (laughs) I can't, I can't understand them at all. And then when Dark Souls... And then when Dark Souls comes out, it's like all of these systems are great. I really get them. I really like.
0: um, But it's it's just an interesting example to me because it's something that now, like the suggestion that this game isn't part of some just the canon of this entire fucking industry, is is absurd. But it, but at the time, it was so obscure, and it went from obscurity to that like juggernaut. And, I mean, like, it came out only a couple of years before Dark Souls came out as well. And Dark Souls, I feel like, cemented this. Mm. But there's a very short turnaround from this to Dark Souls. And I feel like to go from... Like, nobody was going ham for FromSoft. N- who the fuck has played King's Field? Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this, the, the turnaround from, from Make this Make another kind of- mech game. <laughs> <laughs> um... No, no offense to any Armored Core fans mm. out there, but <laughs> I'll like, I'll take one. I'll take. Yeah, God, I'll take an Armored Core.
3: I know everybody says this, but fucking imagine an Armored Core game that has like Dark Souls mechanics in it, mate. Um, it.
0: But like, but yeah, in terms of, um you know, like From and their, their whole trajectory. I mean, Miyazaki, like, like Demon's Souls was their first, like, great, like the first game mm. they were lead on, and like that was, you know, like. The, the the things that like Get it out of the park. Right? And the like, fact that this <laughs> managed to grow from nothing, essentially. Like I say, it wasn't really marketed. I think it's just such a weird anomaly in games. And I think there's something interesting to be learned from this. And I think the easy conclusion, oh, if you make a really good game, people, mm. I don't think that's true. No. I think there's something much more esoteric and interesting about it, it.
1: I must have been also just like, that. the time that it came out was also around the time when japanese developers were opening up a bit more and releasing more games in Mm -hmm. the west because there has always been and still is now even you know games that get released in japan only but imagining a timeline where this game had only been deemed you know suitable for a japanese release and there hadn't been the there hadn't been the same even though uh, commercial viability to to release it in in the west uh i'd one well it's just a hypothetical mm-hmm. like if it if the game had been made in 2002 if it would have ever you know mm-hmm. even seen uh seen the west and had that kind of influence mm-hmm. i don't know it's, i guess it's a, just a... i
0: guess a question for that i think about um in relation to this i i do think there's a very a lot of novelty and innovation in Demon's souls in a way very like small pieces here and there that all add up to something really interesting but I'm really I'm wondering like is there a bunch of like other really good action RPGs from Japan that came out around, sure, like yeah. a few years prior that just they're, right. they're just as good <laughs> like, and up. interesting but just didn't you yeah, know manage to find it I'm just curious if there is some because like this would game is on a deep dive right well maybe but I just feel like if this hadn't gone big we would not like none of us would be aware this here's, game existed thing, you know what I mean?
1: those games might exist but they probably have damage counters whenever you right hit sure, yeah.
3: <laughs> oh imagine if like uh, this wasn't the one that took off. Imagine if like Eternal Sonata or like Hyperdimension Neptunia were the ones that like, yo, like all of these systems have got to be in everything now. Like, every game has got to be about living in the dream of Chopin I know, as he's I know dying. The, um, <laughs> I know the <laughs>
4: <just>
0: seven hour. <laughs> it's just different videos. composers. Yeah, that, like it's a whole like trend. Mm. I think, um, but I think the thing about this, I, I the only thing that I'm sort of aware of is that a lot of the discussion around the team during the time was the difficulty, mm-hmm. which I guess depending on where you came from was actually it was something that maybe a turn off your like i don't want to play games are bastard hard but i think for a lot of people that that was the lightning rod of it of like oh my god it's a game that doesn't hold your hand and stuff Mm. and i think at a time you know it's 2010 or 2009 this came out so around that time you had the sort of proliferation of waypoints and like i you know highlighting all your objectives and interactable objects and stuff i wonder if it hit that moment of there had been games like this before but this one was just so much of that away from what sort of was trending at the time that Mm. it became this like cool alternative.
3: Do you think we're going to reach a point where it's like you can market something based on like, it's not a Metroidvania. There's no (laughs) crafting in it.
0: (laughs) I, well, I mean, I feel like, I maybe not explicitly, but yeah. there's definitely yeah. no, there's no crafting in this mm-hmm. game. I feel like I've seen it as a I feel line. like minimalism is definitely a, a thing that you see, right? Like you mm-hmm. advertise, it's like subtractive. I mean, like, um, Team Eco, which you just mentioned, one of their design philosophies was subtractive design. It was mm-hmm. always, what can we take away here? Like, the, what can uh, we- Yeah, Coco
3: Chanel, before you leave, take something off. Yeah, design. Well,
0: but it's like, you know, they just talk but about
3: like- But not a Nazi sympathizer.
0: Not, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Let me let me awkwardly work around that <laughs> topic. Um But like when speaking of monsters, when they talk about um, you know designing the claw or something, they're like, "Hey, can we get rid of this? Can we get rid of mm-hmm. that?" And and it's like you know because a video game not is video games traditionally are very additive. If you look at visual design and stuff. So, but I wonder you know video games. Um, there's a lot of indie stuff, especially. Um, I'm playing something which you can go and watch my mini review of now by the time this comes up, Lake, which very much is marketed in terms of. Here's all the things we're not. There's no inventory management. There's no time limits. There's no... There's, like, it's... I feel that like you can market it as an alternative based on what you're not doing. Mm. And I wonder if Demon's Souls is the perfect example of, like, he- hitting the lightning rod of, like... We, there's no hand-holding. There's no waypoints. It's it's hard, and you will lose all your progress and blah, blah, blah. Because it's, it's funny playing Demon's Souls now, and I know I got hammered by that armor Spider in our stream, <laughs> but it's funny playing it now because I feel like it's way easier... Than, like, Bloodborne or Sekiro. Like, I feel like those games have become so much more difficult. Demon Souls feels so quaint now. In, in terms of its difficulty and stuff. In a way that, at the time, it definitely didn't. didn't. I think that very interesting how its influence is already sort of undermined It probably its does, uniqueness in a way. It now. must
1: move. Like, it's so weird to think about just, like, collective gamers' ability or whatever. Because there was the whole thing of Nintendo hard, you know, in yeah. the 80s and 90, in early 90s. And then... Uh, and then, with the sort of like, I guess, rise in in children being video gamers as well, sort of moving towards a a more ex, a like approachable difficulty levels across mm-hmm. the board, and it being in that state for a long time do you uh, think
3: that like maybe developers learned the wrong lesson of difficulty which wasn't just like the player needs to understand what they're doing in order for them to make progress mm-hmm. and then learned like they need to always constantly be being told what to do right? <laughs> like,
1: yeah yeah for sure and because i cause even I, I was even thinking just off the point of like oh if demon souls had come out in 2002 I was only what would have happened but it might even be where it came back around because making something difficult also was able to be more satisfying based off of like the control that you still had over your character. Mm. I can think of a lot of very difficult games from the mid or early 90s. That are hard but feel like bullshit because you almost yeah. you have very. Is it is the clarity? It's a clarity of the
0: clarity because communication they're ported from
2: arcade cabinets and they're designed <laughs> in a way that makes you give them more money.
0: <laughs> I think um, I was thinking about um, like Dark Souls Three. There's loads of montages about the hitboxes because in. You saw a bit of it in our Demon Soul stream actually um, doing some ridiculous dodging, but in Dark Souls 3 particularly, it's a very like pinpoint hitboxes in terms of if if a blade comes at you and misses you by an inch, it misses. Like, and so you get players doing all this ridiculous stuff to dodge attacks mm. and things and getting away through it. And there's whole montages on YouTube. Um, I think about that in terms of, yeah, like the, the ability to communicate what's going wrong and when you got hit and when you mm-hmm. didn't is so the fidelity now allows it to be so clear mm-hmm. that you can sort of up the difficulty while still actually making it in a way easy yeah it's true you can, you can take more from-
1: responsibility wow. for it and not just you have getting control. frustrated you, for blaming it on the game or whatever. Yeah.
3: there's some moments in that stream, like that we've been doing a Demon Souls, where it's very like difficult to determine why you're being hit by something.
0: Yeah, Demon yeah. Demon Souls is a bit like by comparison to Dark Souls 3, or like secure or something. It's a bit looser. I feel like mm. they because they rely. It's funny. There's less in iframes and stuff in terms of your dodge compared with the Dark Souls 3, mm-hmm. but you're absolutely reliant on them to do your dodging. It's less to do with avoiding the hit. Like, whereas Dark Souls 3 is all about, you can just, if, as long as you know where that sword's going to be, you can just mm-hmm. roll through it and it's kind of interesting. Are we doing a Demon Souls Reflections right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's <on>. good! <laughs> So I feel like what we're obviously talking about here and what we're trying to outline with all these examples is that there is there is no one metric of success. And I think the commercial viability, I feel like needs to stop being the conversation that we proliferate and have around these games. Oh, um, like, the Q3 three of, earnings were so uh, good.
1: Think, <laughs> of like, think of Vincent van Gogh going, how much money can I earn from this painting? Yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. obviously, like not to discount that, commissions from very rich people has always been a part of the world in the
0: capitalist society we live in money is necessary for artists (laughs) to be like i hope i get enough
2: patreon subscribers
3: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah totally i just i also think it's really interesting just like, like the thing about the q3 earnings thing is like when you're a consumer of art um, for you to be concerned about how well is doing financially is like why? Other than like the person mm-hmm. that you like to do it getting to be able to continue doing it, but yeah. it's like how much more it makes than just the sustainability is like. So why? Well,
0: fucking why do you care? <sighs> fuck, mate. Like, Speaking of things you do care about, though, Matthew, mm-hmm. I've got my notes here about the summer of Sonic. Oh yeah, do you so I wrote,
3: uh, I think for Vice, like a really long time ago. Um about a convention called The Summer of Sonic. Um, and th- I think it's the 30th birthday of Sonic the Hedgehog this year. I'm pretty sure. If not, uh, it's close that enough. That sounds about right. Um, I'm sure Idris Elba can tell us. Yeah, exactly. Sonic uh, the Hedgehog 2. He's too a London lad. probably reach out. Yeah, Idris on the show. Idris, if you're watching. If Idris. you are. Um, and we'll I, buy your paint. <laughs> I love the idea that a series that is like been notorious for not having some good games for a while Um, still manages to get people to show up to a convention uh, and I went and covered it for Vice Um, and I realized while I was there like how much of an impact it had had on me personally like I don't really care about Sonic all that much but like there was a moment where everybody in this room was singing a song from I think Sonic 2 and, like, I remembered more of the words than I thought that I did. Uh, and I just realized, like, yeah, something's actually been, like, a really big deal. Um, not just for me, but, like, for all of these people. Enough that they want to all, like, come together and talk about it. And, like, that was a real sign more than anything of, like, I, you know, the games have been widely successful in terms of, like, making money, not necessarily critically for the last few ones. But that it was important enough to these people was, like, such mm. a, like,
0: well, still important. Yeah. People, people still give so much of a fuck about Sonic. Yeah. Um, like that it,
3: you know, you get your Sonic OCs and your fan arts, and etc. <laughs> was
1: this, might have, was this mm-hmm. the same time? I remember like a year before Sonic Mania came out, mm-hmm. there was a deluge of video game critics that were all like, Sonic was never good. <laughs> and then and then Sonic Mania came out, which mm-hmm. is basically like, I mean, Sonic Mania, I like that game, but it's basically a remake of the early Sonic mm-hmm. games. And then they're all like, oh, Sonic. Yeah, Sonic is great. Great Great Yeah, man, Sonic. Uh,
3: It was right before Sonic Mania had come out. So Sonic Mania was at that convention in a, like, early playable state. Um, And uh, I remember the time, yeah, when everybody was. And I also kind of agree, like, the main things that you do in Sonic are sort of counterintuitive to its design. Like, it's a game about, like, being rewarded with going fast, but, like, you need to play it constantly to be able to get be good. in a position yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, so yeah like your experience of it is informed only by repetition mm-hmm. and it's like the feeling of it is not good right away yeah and mm-hmm. is, is that poor design it's
1: not like the f- it's not level one one in super mario yeah. brothers where like oh i can instantly mm-hmm. feel satisfied with how with the control of mario and mm. and get to the end very easily and then feel like i accomplished something yes. totally sonic yeah. is hard from the get-go yeah,
3: yeah. And so... chili dogs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so is that really successful design? But it doesn't matter because it managed to make a massive cultural imprint. imprint.
0: I think, yeah, I mean... I, I think almost Sonic-
3: there, which is... It did that too.
0: Also, yeah. <laughs> uh, dear viewers and listeners, do not Google that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean do what you want yeah. but i would not <laughs> encourage you i think uh i think though on that that metric of though like this game having a cultural impact you know ex- you know outside of its actual value in itself like mm-hmm. it may not even be a good game i'm thinking about you mentioned astro when we're playing this episode was sneak king the the burger king <laughs> video game not a good game no one's going to play that or go to bat no. for it but we will know and have a laugh about it um, Absolutely. and I was thinking about things like Two Worlds, which is notorious for the speed running and all the daft stuff with it, more than anyone actually wanting to play the game um dog's life is that when you mentioned Matt? it's also
3: a really good speedrunning one where it's just like that like the thing that is interesting about that speedrun is that like it's an e for everyone game but at the end of it it's just got like blood and gore because <laughs> clearly like no one like played through it far enough yeah, to know wow. like there's a bit what? where like the baddie at the end of it gets tossed into a dog food grinder oh, wow. and then like the, the blades on the grinder are, like, covered in blood. Jesus. Like, <laughs> yeah, clearly, like, the ESRB, <sighs> oh, like, just fuck. didn't care enough to get through it. Like, wow, that's yeah. interesting.
1: I was gonna say, because you were like, oh, it's an E for Everyone kids mm-hmm. game and, like, speedrunning games yeah. and stuff. There there are a whole, like, mm-hmm. a whole slew of, of, uh, of like, children's educational games that are much more popular in speedrunning yeah. uh, communities because they're just, like, this twitchy sort of, like, proof of proof of skill of getting mm. through it super fast and beating putt putt goes to the aquarium in 39 seconds I remember
3: a speedrunner once said that like that's one of the better things to do is to speedrun really terrible kids games mm-hmm. because you're not ruining the experience of right. one that you would actually like to be playing <laughs> well, that's true yeah. Um, yeah, another
0: game
1: although like the mario 64 speed is just hating that game yeah, yeah totally just trying to because you're not it.
3: playing it optimal strats you're just enjoying it <laughs> yeah. yeah
0: um <laughs> The uh, Another game I wanted to mention, not in terms you're, of speedrunning... You're playing stuff.
3: Legend of Zelda and you're not just jumping backwards. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the uh,
0: but another game I wanted to mention, um, not for speedrunning or anything, um, I mentioned The Getaway, which I don't think is a game, again, in and of itself anyone's going to bat for or think highly of. But it was for a long time had the novelty of just being a game set in yeah. London, which was a novelty there until is a very bu- recently.
3: There's a buffet in Soho called Mr. Woo's. That every time I walk past it, I think, "Oh, that's in the Getaway."
0: Yeah, there's there's a <laughs> lot of like because they've got a Gregs in the Getaway, yeah. which I feel like oh, I feel like it's all the obscurity of video games back then was such that you could just without licensing or anything, <laughs> just throw shit <sighs> in a game and no one bat an eyelid. Now you couldn't do that. Um, now it would be
2: Gary's, won't it?
0: Um, yeah, Gary's sausage
2: rolls. Gary's
0: sausage rolls. Um, but they've got obviously the other one, you know, and this t- also ties back to what you're saying, Sonic, though, because the other one obviously is the, the inevitable personal value and is a metric of success. And I th- and I don't mean that of just like, oh, I like this, so it doesn't matter. I mean that.
3: Is the lightning returns
0: hour, right? Well, oh, now, now that you've mentioned that. Game it, of uh, the decade. Um, talk about striking lightning. Um, the, the, games, the games that mean a lot to us I mean like as critics and journalists and even even if you're just as, a, as an audience it's going to affect what you're looking for and what you want to play and what you want to experience and what you want out of video games the, so that personal thing that you latch onto you know like even games that I love that I don't think a lot of people played or talk about like The Pathless or Super Rose Sword and Sorcery, Metal Arms Glitch and System Lightning Returns um i feel like they are nonetheless informing what i'm interested in and what is my benchmark for Mm -hmm. stuff and so even those games that necessarily don't have this huge commercial or even cultural impact have a, a reaching success simply because they have that effect on you and you're taking that with you when you're going to experience other games I think that like, and that can happen in really weird ways as well with developers. Like, w- you only need one fan who goes and creates a game in the me- memoriam of whatever they played that no one else did, and suddenly your game has a legacy that is way better than some games that were super popular at the time.
1: Yeah, it was very strange. Uh, in a like in a time when it was becoming very popular for especially indie developers to like continue to develop their game for one or two years with with small content updates hoping to like break the break into some sort of however small mainstream audience to get more sales but the week that Kenshi released one of my favorite games of all time the developer released a statement was like uh this game and the process meant so much to me and it feels like I I I've I did what I could do with it I'm working on Kenshi 2 now see you See you in a few <laughs> years <laughs> and just like that was like they completed something that they felt like that's proud so enough or satisfaction enough because I think like,
3: like in terms of marketing ridiculous. as well it's like you want to be continually releasing stuff yeah. not just because they'll have people talking about it because it like will bump you up on Steam just for like so it sacrifices their ability to actually get noticed. Yeah, thinking more, about like,
1: all of like, all, you know, on store page you say recently mm, updated yeah, or yeah. update number 26, yeah. the, the hungry hungry twenty,
2: 20 six. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> the the people are hungry now.
3: The people are hungry. Update.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's the it's it's platform capitalism, isn't it? Mm. Platform capitalism. But it's, it's just the same like, so speaking of which, like... subscribe to
3: Glasshouse Games and uh, <laughs> hit a like and uh, support us on Patreon. We're on Twitch too uh we're on tiktok and we're releasing
2: content every week <laughs> <laughs> new content
3: it's the sometimes twice a week <laughs> 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 the grind yeah, it's doesn't like the stop it's <laughs> we're all
2: very with, tired <laughs> 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 it's like the same thing that's happening with like musicians on spotify mm. as well and basically you know everything now um uh, yeah,
0: so, so you're, encar- you're encouraged to always be working on something. There's no, there isn't, there isn't a perceived, or at the very least there isn't a commercially rewarded um, value to just creating something really good and just sitting on it for a bit. There's, there's, that's just not rewarded at all. Um, which is fucking depressing. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if I'm not laughing, it's because it's just too real. It's just too <laughs> real. Sorry,
0: people. Um, I hope you laugh to home audience. Um... But yeah, our, our call to action is just just create things Enjoy you love, you yeah. like to do And re- p-
3: really, please stop caring so much about how like massive media properties, how much money they make. Like, yeah. it just it will. You will not find happiness down that road.
0: It's uh, this this is this obviously reaches outside of video games, but people like put way too much attention on like the box office of the Avengers mm. or whatever the fuck and and at the end of the day i cannot i cannot stress enough people it doesn't fucking matter to you at all like fuck not gonna
2: fuck you I, he's not gonna fuck you Bobby Cuttick, yeah he's not gonna fuck you he's not gonna fuck you calm down <laughs> stop simping so hard please
1: i, I definitely remember co- conversations in in college about someone being like it's, some album is better because it sold more yeah, yeah, <laughs> it sold sure. more copies mm. or whatever it's yeah
0: The Wiggles is a better <laughs> album so. I think I think in that and I guess what I've i like, down to here on this and, and is like do, do, just find things that are valuable do do not do not engage so much with commercial viability or critical success as we've outlined here those things will diminish and change mm-hmm. over time the thing that is valuable is what you find some, I don't want to be too preachy here but genuinely just if you find something you love whatever it blows your hair let back, that love you know? carry it and let some people it it like the in.
3: fucking stuff wars prequels you
0: know right like <laughs> we've had some of those people on this show <laughs>
2: yeah like like
0: <laughs> it's coming it's coming astrid mode <laughs> the
2: financial success of a product does not have any impact on you the product has an impact on you because of how it makes you feel how what makes what makes you think about?
0: You're the one who turns what, the linen into a coat. What pleasure it
2: gives
0: you? <laughs> can we exactly? Can someone edit out that audio clip of Astrid and do a remix? Yeah. Just do an just do a track. Um, I'm punching in. I on, think that's the first time I've stood up on a on a i <laughs> <game> stage. <show. laughs> also leaning over. It's gonna, your gonna, I was like, it's be tight, In solidarity. Can everyone at home listening and viewing? <laughs> can you can you do a standing ovation, please? <laughs> um but yeah, that's, that's our claps. call to action. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if you um, thought this
3: episode was successful, um,
0: <laughs> and we, I think it was, and I personally do. Um. Do like and subscribe and share. And I'm 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 saying again. I'm back on my horse. Where's your nans? <laughs> Where's your nans? I haven't had a single Where's nan photo. Oh. We we check we check the community at games inbox every week, and I don't see no nans. I want your nan with the show. <laughs> Call your grandmother. Tell your gran, Tell your nan about the game that you love. That you you want to share with her and why you like it. Do that. Send it in. We will. We will we also, feature you show. know what
3: we don't even define nan based on familial connection whatever old person that you know
0: <laughs> <laughs> with, with the disclaimer please don't be grabbing old people off yeah. the street um if you really enjoy what we do you should check our patreon and um, it's what keeps us running there's a lot of exclusive stuff there's a lot of stuff early um and our current persuasion check um from patreon members is on smash Smash series? Super Smash? Are they all Super Smash? Did I get one
2: over? Did I get one over by the
1: Super Smash Brothers?
0: Super The (laughs) first Super Smash Brothers. Are they all Super Smash Brothers? Oh, they're all brothers and they're (laughs) Super Smash (laughs) and Donkey Kong. (laughs) They're all bros. Um and yeah, you can find the link to our Patreon below. It's
3: not brothers, it's bros. Everyone's bros. Yeah,
1: it's um there is a What a revelation. There is a period, I think. In the name, so it's it is a shortening of brothers. It's not have a period with your bros. For
2: sake, okay.
0: (laughs) Uh, Goodbye, everyone. I can't believe I can't wait to put a content warning on this episode. Um, and to fucking edit it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Kat. Be Um, a patron. We got cool stuff. Um, and speaking of thank you, thank you to our patrons that have been supporting us this whole time. We've done a bunch of streams with you. It's been great. Always great getting to know you. See the same faces. It's been nice. Um, so we do consider joining and getting in on that. Hot action. <laughs> um, we're also in the physical and, and meat space. Uh, we're also part of, a, um, part of a shared space here at Glasshouse. We share it with a queer intersectional bookshop called The Common Press. And a queer-friendly bar called The Common Counter down in Brick Lane. Come say hi, get some books, have a nice drink. Um, I just have a book recommendation this week. I started reading um, We Can Do Better Than This. It's a collection, it's an anthology of like queer writers talking about what they imagine the future for um, queer theory and stuff is. It's really interesting. Cool. It's really good. Um, a lot of different people, a lot of different backgrounds. And you can pick up a copy <laughs> at the Common Press next door. Um thank you to thank Alex, you. Astrid and Matt for joining me today. Good app. <laughs> yeah. You I'm I'm proud of this one. And uh, thank you to Dan C Parks for the music. I'm Samantha and we'll talk again soon.